say hello to my little friend. Welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant. You can call him Chip. And today we are talking about episodes 11 and 12 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind. We've barely gotten a mission from the boss, and we've already got an episode called The Second Mission from the Boss. <laughs> yeah. And, and as promised, slash predicted, slash expected, it is Fugo time. Oh, yeah. Time for Fugo. But kind of not really in the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor Fugo. Poor Fugo. Yeah. You know, the, the team is split into two, three defending Trish, three going to retrieve this key. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Fugo is butting in and doing the narrator's job. Yes. Like, this is explicitly, like, uh, uh, this was explicitly narration in the manga, but now it is Fugo telling us all about the history of Pompeii. And in the subtitle translation, he goes into way more specific details with, like, dates and shit. Yes. <laughs> He he really cracked open those guidebooks when they were trying to figure out uh, uh, the whole Kavi Kanem thing. <laughs> and so, yes, this mosaic that they're looking for is in a part of the Pompeii ruin known as the House of the Tragic Poet. Archaeologists disagree whether the Roman beware of dog messages are meant in the same way we mean them, like watch out or my mm. dog will get you. Yeah. Or if they meant beware of stepping on my tiny, delicate dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. I'll- uh, interpretation better. <laughs> Careful, he's around. He's, he's quiet. He's in the ooh. shadows. Woo! <laughs> but the the dog presented in this mosaic looks frightening to me. This is a scary dog. Yes, <laughs> it's scary. I would hate to meet that dog. So so yeah, it's it's just a road trip with these three, right? Giorno, Fugo, yeah. and Abacchio. Nightmare, nightmare road trip. I would not want to be the fourth in this group. Yeah. The vibes are bad. Yeah, bad vibes because Fugo's the one driving, Abakia's in the back, Giorno's the navigator in the pa- front passenger seat, and Fugo drives by a turn, and Giorno's like, oh shit, we were supposed to turn there. And Fugo gets immediately pissed off, and Giorno's like... It's not a big deal. We'll just turn somewhere yeah. else or something. So Jorno's just but like, oh. Fugo is ready to murder him over this. Yeah, Jorno's just like, oh, sorry, man. That won't happen again. And he's just like, it doesn't matter about again. You fucked up now. <laughs> and Abakio just like sits back in his seat and thinks to himself, this is normal. This is fine. Jorno's the one who's in the wrong here. I don't yes. trust that fool. <laughs> he just keeps like staring into the at the back of Jorno's head and just thinking like, I don't know about this guy. I think he's gonna get us killed. Was this was this all part of Bucciarati's plan to to send Jorno with the two people that like him least, <laughs> so they have like a trial by fire and and it's like a team building thing? Yeah, maybe. Jorno's been to a lot of seminars on how to be a boss. I think. <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been. Wa- I went to Sigma Six, and now is my time <laughs> to be a capo. So they finally get to the ruins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They proceed on foot as crows watch them go through the city gates. You you think these might be crows that belong to an enemy stand user, and you would be wrong. No. It's just crows. Just ominous crows. And so they're walking, and they walk right up to. Uh, a wall of these ruins that just got like uh, a tilted like mirror resting mm-hmm, on it mm-hmm. and it's immediately time for part three flashbacks because uh fugo spies a dude 
in the mirror who is hiding behind the pillar that's behind them. And he peeks out mm-hmm. and he starts walking toward them slowly like a Terminator. And we get like 18 back and forth of Fuga go like, there's a guy there. Oh, he's not there, though. Oh, he's in the mirror. There's a guy there. Oh, he's not there. There's a guy in the mirror, though. Oh. <laughs> and the other two don't see this guy in the reflection or in reality. Yeah. So so the guy in the mirror brings out a stand, and that is when Fugo shoves the boys away, and they crumble into geodes. <laughs> yeah. Hirohiko Araki is constantly challenging himself to find new ways to turn people into little chunks. Yeah. There's... Yeah. I just want a stand that turns people into food when they get punched, just because Mm. so many people have food names in this one. Yes. Oh, no, there's some guy who's got the power of, like, mini black holes, and people who get near it get spaghettified, Mm. but they turn into actual Actual spaghetti. spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So after everyone else has turned into geodes, this dude just immediately starts quizzing Fugo as he decks him across the face with his stand. Yeah, Fugo's just standing there and thinking, huh, you know, it's kind of suspicious for this mirror to just be here <laughs> Yeah, on the outside of this building. That's weird. And that's, yeah, when he gets sucker punched. So so we've met a uh, stand user and seen the stand. Let's talk about him before we get too much farther. Yeah. Uh, uh, the stand user here, it was named in one of the flashbacks before, but he's never named in the episode. Yeah. He is Illuso, yep. which immediately brings to mind like illusions. It is from that uh, a root after all, but uh, the the direct translation is actually deluded. Huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And he is, I mean, as far as stand users go, an incredibly normal looking man. Uh yeah. except that he has five ponytails. <laughs> that that's his big thing. Yeah, lots of ponytails. He's got like button up shirt. But there's only two buttons, and where the rest of the button should be, there's just a tummy, a tummy window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, he's just kind of a normal dude otherwise. <laughs> but his stand, uh, man in the mirror, or as as his tra- uh, localized, just mirror man, which is also a song. That's still yeah. just a, it's just a different one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is that one okay to do? <laughs> you just went from Michael Jackson to Human League or whatever. I guess the Human League isn't as uh, litigious as the the owners of the Jackson catalog. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but this this stand is a medieval brigand <laughs> with sunglasses. With su- with with fucking Steve Urkel ass sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somewhere between glasses and goggles, they're huge. So he's yeah, got a, he's... A, a gray body with like golden joints and codpiece. But but draped over uh, uh, the, the body is this sort of studded leather cloak. Yeah, like kind of a cloak. Like he's definitely sp- jumping out like from behind a tree with a crossbow to, to <laughs> relieve me of my gems. <laughs> yeah, man in the mirror would do that. Uh, he's also kind of got like a turtle jaw. Mask. Yes, he's got a, a very turtley head. The, the, with a big X in little gold buttons across it. <laughs> it. Just basically screaming punch here, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. He's pretty, like, spindly. He's a skinny guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is not a buff stand. 
But Eluzo here has like a piece of paper he pulls out that's got all the details he's been given about the crew here. He's basically got a small dossier on Fugo. He knows he's like a boy genius who yes. beat his professor to death with an encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Likewise, he knows that Abakio was uh, is a disgraced police officer, and there's also a new guy. I don't know shit about him. <laughs> yep. So Fugo's been punched once across the face, and he's already, like, struggling to stand up. Mm-hmm. He just sc- shouts at Eluzo, like, hey, where, where did my two bros go? Why'd they turn into geodes? Looks at his watch for some reason and notices his watch is on the wrong arm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because ever since that, that moment where he pushed the, the bros away, he's been in the mirror world. Uh, uh, and it took him until just now to notice it. I noticed it. Meh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the street layout is backwards. Now that we're here, I've been waiting for, I don't know, half a year at least to get around to this episode so I can say, hey... Kakiwi was full of shit when there, he said there is so confidently that there is no such thing as a mirror world. Because there is! There's a mirror world now. I mean, <laughs> did mirror world exist before Man in the Mirror? Sure, yeah. And so then we have to ask ourselves, at what age did Eluso become a stand user? Yeah. Kakiwi might have been right in 1988 or whatever. Kakiwi should have just said, there's no mirror world. Yet. 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 <laughs> Aluso's English voice uh, uh, plays Amai Mask in One Punch Man. Okay, cool. And Dudu in Final uh, in uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh shit! Dudu. So, happy okay. Dudu's Day, everybody. This is Yay. this is him. It's the guy. Oh wow! Flashbacks to Twitter from back when that game was new. <laughs> While Iluzo's uh, Japanese voice uh, played Seshimaru in Inuyasha. Okay. He's also the current Bright Noah in uh, three Gundam titles and counting. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Not in the Hathaway movie that came out, but he'll be in the next one. In fact, mm. Bright's in the title for the next one. <laughs> uh, but most importantly, he is the Japanese dub voice for Johnny Bravo. Oh, shit. <laughs> now I got to hear Johnny Bravo in, in, in Japanese. L- listen to Iluso in the Japanese vocal track. Okay. And then imagine him saying Pretty Mama every once in a while, and you're already there. <laughs> God, yeah. Does he, does Jap- Japanese dub Johnny Bravo still say some of his stuff in English? <laughs> that feels like it would, it would be right. Now that we, we get the reveal that, oh shit, Fugo's in Mirror World, we cut back to Normal World, where Giorno and Abakio are just like, hmm. This mirror mirror seems weird. He was <laughs> yeah. really scared about the mirror. Fugo has just disappeared. They have no idea where or or how that happened. And Giorno, yeah, is real curious about this mirror in particular. Yeah. Fugo decides, okay, guess I gotta fight my way out of this mirror world or whatever. Goes to summon his stand, and he can feel it being summoned, but it's nowhere to be seen. Meanwhile, Eluso is just like, hey... I'm going to ask some of the same questions as the last guy. Uh, tell, tell me about Trish. Where is she? And also, what are you doing here? He, he does have a pretty lucky guess that uh, their errand has something to do with the Cave Canum mosaic. <laughs> yeah. It's just obvious. Anytime anybody goes to see Pompeii, they want to look at that dog. Mm-hmm. So as he's asking those questions, Fugo's just getting his face beaten more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, back in normal world, uh, ooh, there's Fugo's stand. And Abakio is immediately just like, hey, Giorno, get the fuck away. 
take a healthy 30 steps away from Fugo's stand, please. I love the way this scene starts because Giorno has shoved his head between the mirror and the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> In case it's it's actually a window or something, who knows? Yeah, with stands, you gotta explore every single possibility. Maybe an even stinkier cheese man shrunk him down really, really fast. You don't know until <laughs> yeah. you check. Yeah, he could have a brother with the exact same power, you don't know. <laughs> so, so it is time to finally meet Fugo's mysterious stand, Purple Haze, or, of course, Purple Smoke. <laughs> uh, purple smoke sounds so bad another very very literal uh, uh translation yeah and he is a purple diamond check man who is full of hate and rage yeah constantly uh, screaming its mouth is sewn shut but it's constantly foaming at the mouth yeah uh, it's got a cool helmet. I like it's got a helmet. cool helmet. The the visor comes down to a point that reminds me of like Gotcha Man. Yeah, yeah. It's he's pretty cool. He's got a purple like it's not a cape. I guess he's got something wrapped around his waist. But yeah, otherwise just purple and white checker man mm-hmm, who's mm-hmm. really pissed off and a lot of stitching like over the mouth. But like his head oh, yeah. seems to be attached to to his shoulders by stitches. Yeah. When they do super close ups on his knuckles because he has very important knuckles, they are <laughs> stitched in place. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And he's got like big yellow studs on his knuckles, kind of like sort of similar to Star Platinum's gloves. It, th- those are like the secondary row of knuckles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But before we can figure out why Abakio is warning Giorno of this friendly stand that he should still be away from it. Uh, it's time to learn about Fugo's backstory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Panacotta Fugo was born into a very rich family who lived in a, a gigantic estate in Naples, and he should have had a, a perfect life. He had nothing to worry about. He was born with a genius IQ of 152, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but the crushing expectations for greatness from his parents uh, stressed him out so much that sometimes he thought, maybe I should stab my dad to death. (laughs) Fugo is especially, like, uh, uh, vulnerable to gifted kid discourse every once in a while, and it's... Yeah. uh, Oh, boy, poor guy. His rage spells... He's able to control them enough to become the Doogie Hauser of Law, uh, uh, enrolls in college at age 13. And uh, this is where we, we see the moment that... Luzo brought up earlier where Fugo's like at the library at college just mm-hmm, getting mm-hmm. some books and his I forget what rank that this guy is. He's not a teacher. He's a law professor. Oh, he's just a professor. I thought he was something thought thought he was like the dean or something. So yeah, this law professor who knows Fugo comes up and he's like, "Oh, do you need any any help with your lessons?" And it immediately becomes very creepy, like pedophile vibes. Like yeah, insta- yeah, instantaneously. He's getting a little too friendly, and then he just keeps going. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you want you want to invite me over to your place to to look at books, huh? Oh, your your wife isn't home, huh? Yeah, okay, okay. And so, yes, that is when he beats this dude senseless with a uh, uh, encyclopedia, as stated previously. <laughs> yeah, uh, because it's pretty clear where things are going and there's even an implication where they have gone previously there i think mm-hmm. the word again gets dropped somewhere in in this conversation that is very significant yeah fugo just beats this dude 
like to death basically with this big book and uh he's able to get off of all charges because mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. his family is very rich but after this happens his family never regard him as their son again yes and so <laughs> he got one use of the family get out of jail free card uh but then he is disowned yeah. now living life on the streets yep this is where the narrator notes that like hey fugo being out in the streets and just kind of living a vagrant life this is where he's actually able to put his 152 iq to 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 its fullest extent Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) law school was just wasting it and so one crime we see him do is a pretty simple dine and dash but he gets grabbed he still working on the dash part i guess (laughs) yeah and then he cites legal precedent to like the the wait staff is like actually oh you think i'm gonna go to jail this this case shows that in in you know uh cases of destitution like mine that's an incredibly unlikely outcome Mm -hmm. And this is enough to flummox this man and leave him at a loss for for what to do. (laughs) Who Uh, in the world would call the cops and then be like, wait a minute, this guy's uh, not actually going to see significant jail time. I won't even call the cops. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess that's a similar thought that uh, Abacchio had while he was a cop. I, I guess it's just the Italian disposition as presented in Shoja's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind. <laughs> yeah. No one bad will ever be punished, so why even bother? <laughs> but but wouldn't you know it, this is a restaurant that we know all too well, and Bucciarati is having his, his meal here and sees the, uh, uh, this interaction is like, nice, cool. Yeah. I want this guy in my team. I'm, I'm putting together... I never get a flashback, but I mean, just about everybody else's. So that's okay, too. Fucking, I love the way with how many flashbacks we've seen here where Bruno is like the Nick Fury of this season. (laughs) (laughs) He's just always appearing like after someone is finished experiencing their backstory. He's like, you want to be a part of my team? Yeah. And but this is the most explicit time because he he seriously walks up to Fuku and is like, I'm trying to assemble a team. (laughs) Yeah. Let me tell you yeah. about the Passione initiative. <laughs> yeah. But Fugo, like, declines because he's like, uh, I'm a fucking rage monster, <laughs> which yes, again, yes. Uh, Nick Fury has had to deal with in, in his career as well. But uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to, to murder one of you if I, like, stub my toe or something. It's not worth it. But, you know, Bruno, the, the saintly, uh, the, the perfect manager, <laughs> Bruno Bucciarati, is like, hey, hey, bro. I want you here, demons and all. And this just like (laughs) blows the doors open to the possibilities of like brotherhood of crime. Everybody is just looking for for tight, tight friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That they can be mad at all the time. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You can be mad at my boys. They they will have superpowers too. We're all just dudes being guys. So being mad at each other and hazing each other is just part of the camaraderie, I guess. Purple hazing each other, yes. So, so yeah, back in the present, Giorno is looking at Purple Haze and getting pretty nervous about it because Abakio is shitting himself looking at Purple mm-hmm. Haze. <laughs> <laughs> There's repeated warnings from Abakio, like, stand away from Purple Haze. Nope, even further, even further back. And Giorno's just like, but that mirror is so extremely suspicious, bro. <laughs> He's so focused on the mirror. Two episodes this fight takes, he never leaves the side of this mirror. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're stepping back from Purple Haze. 
And eventually Purple Haze just like turns around. It, it just, just screams and flexes and throws a fit, punching walls apart. And, and yeah. the two on the outside are like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? What's going on? Yeah. And so when Purple Haze punches a random wall apart, that same wall in the mirror, mirror world also like explodes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sends like shrapnel flying at the back of Eluso. But he, he's too cocky. He's too good in the mirror world. So he's able to just step out of the way and, and have his stand just punch the bits out of the air. Yeah, he, he's, he read up on the dossier. He knows how sex pistols works and is like, yeah, I, I bet my stand could do that too. But like for wall <laughs> chunks. Yeah. So after, you know, like deflecting all these wall chunks, Luso goes in for another punch. And before he can he can throw out the punch fully, um, a crow falls out of the air and it's super dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then a second crow. It is so, so rare that I'm having trouble thinking of times when a stand has just punched a dude, specifically punched a hero, you know? Yeah. Because, like, yeah, obviously that Star Platinum's whole thing is punching dudes. But it, like, when a stand attacks one of our protagonists, it's, you know, the stand shoots something or has a a blade or just, like, the direct viscerality of a punch in the face is really rare to come uh, uh, toward toward one of our protagonist's crew. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else gets... Any other times a hero gets just punched by an enemy stand, and all I can think of, like, off the top of my head is just... Dio mm-hmm, mm-hmm. punching stuff with, but that's just because he's a different version of Star Platinum. Uh, <laughs> God, yeah, I guess Koichi kind of got punched by Killer Queen, but you know, it went all the way through his gut. <laughs> that that's still a punch, though. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a, a crow has fallen out of the sky, super mm-hmm, dead. Mm-hmm. Jorno and and Abakio see this crow, and Abakio's like, I fucking told you, stay away from Purple Haze. And then we see a second crow. This crow isn't just dead. Like, the, the second crow especially, when it falls out of the sky, it pukes a bunch of bile and then yeah. bursts into blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so close to just straight up, like, melting out of the sky. <laughs> um, you know, one of those classic stand powers. You, you see it yeah. all the time. Crow melting. Yep. <laughs> And so while the the crows have, have died and fallen to the ground in real life, those cr- same crows have materi- materialized right next to Iluzo, where Iluzo had previously stated like, hey, the mirror world, nothing living exists here. It's just the two of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's really confused why there are crows here now. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're the reflections of the dead crows on the outside. Uh-huh. Mm. So Abakio has to sort of explain what he knows of Purple Haze because, again, this is the first time Giorno has ever seen one of the crewmates' stands since he joined mm-hmm. the crew. Yeah. They, they've all seen him turn a, a life preserver into a fish, but they still <laughs> haven't seen all of what Golden Experience can do. And yeah. he has seen nothing of what they can do until this moment. So Purple Haze has... Like I mentioned before, these big gold studs kind of on the back of its its hand, a little bit away from the knuckles. And those bits aren't just studs. They are capsules mm-hmm. that contain deadly viruses. Yeah, yeah. So when he punches something, of a capsule breaks, and this, this instant death within 30 seconds body-melting <laughs> virus... <laughs> pops out and dissipates through the air. This is a villain stand. This is an end of part villain stand. Yeah, right? 
I mean, speaking of firsts, this is, I think, the first time a stand is explicitly said in dialogue to represent the user's, like, internal mind, like their their unconscious self. And so Purple Haze is, of course, that seething rage monster that's always (laughs) popping out of Fugo when he has his mood swings. Yeah, but also incredibly neurotic. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. And apparently whenever Fugo, like... It's worse than it usually is right now because Fugo is having difficulty controlling Purple Haze. So it's just super, extremely mega pissed off. And also, it's constantly drooling everywhere, and its drool gets on its, like, legs. Yes. And it's And it doesn't have a napkin or anything, so it's got to, like, wipe the drool off with its hands, and then it's upset that there's drool on its hands, and, like, he does this bizarre dance the the drool dance going cycle and cycle and as soon as like it's rubbed off enough places enough times to feel clean then more of the the spittle from the constantly like foaming (laughs) at the mouth drool uh falls back down we got to start all over again yeah Uh, everyone loves the drool loop (laughs) (laughs) and so while they're just watching the stand like freak out and repeatedly clean itself as it's drooling all over the place Abakio's just like, we gotta go and get that key. Yeah. And yeah. Jorno's just like, you're gonna abandon a bro, bro? <laughs> what about the bro code? I know I'm new here, but I believe in bros. And Abakio's just like, T- believe me, I really want to say Fugo, but this is the top priority. It's, we gotta take our fucking missions from the boss seriously. And Jorno's just like, I'm never leaving a bro behind. Fuck you. Quote, with all due respect, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. What a line. <laughs> there is a significant moment here just before Bakio leaves where uh, in its flailing, Purple Haze smashes that mirror to pieces. Yeah. What I enjoy about this is every character takes something different from it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Abakio's interpretation is, oh, this is just more random violence. Fugo has really lost control. This sucks for for my buddy. I got to get out of here and just fulfill the mission. While Iluzo thinks that Fugo assumed the mirror was some sort of special mirror, like the mirror is part of the stand, and if you break that, you break the effect. What Mm -hmm. a fool. I thought you were smart. Ha, 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 ha. (laughs) Fugo just wanted to send a message in general, hey, beware of mirrors. Mirrors are bad. <laughs> That's what you should learn from this. Yeah. And Jorno just doesn't know what to think. Yeah, he's the fuck? <laughs> I know the mirror's important, but why? <laughs> Jorno and Abakio are arguing about whether to, to stay and like figure out the puzzle and help their friend or to just go get the damn key and get out. And as they argue, there are vertical speed lines in a split screen while they shout at each other. Yes. So you know yes. it's intense. <laughs> Abakio is trying to pull rank and, and tell, hey, I'm the superior here. He stops halfway because the, the look in Jorno's eyes, the, the utter conviction to save his bro just convinces Abakio, like, fine, do whatever you want to do. I'll get the key. I'll be back. <laughs> This this argument ends in a stalemate. They just split up, and each one pursues their goal. Yeah. Uh, back in Mirror World, Fugo would, of course, rather die than talk, and Eluso's like, yeah, that's fine by me. So big wind-up, big punch, uh, uh, man in the mirror about to rock Fugo's jaw off, and in the moment before impact... That that's where the the episode yeah. ends on to be continued. This would have been a banger roundabout. Like, <laughs> yes, it would have been. What if roundabout were still around? 
what if they did that with the all the new ending sense and as soon as fugo's about to have his face torn off someone's talking about being so horny <laughs> god yeah oh i really do love that they chose freaking you for the credits what a weird choice when you're hanging out with the bros it's the perfect song <laughs> i suppose so so, yes, that brings us to Episodio Tredici, Man in the Mirror and Purple Haze. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just like we said, big wind-up, big punch, and then Man in the Mirror stops short because Eluso yep. is distracted by the sound of footsteps, Abacchio's footsteps. Yeah, you can tell he's he's headed for the dog mosaic. Uh, and so he just goes to Fugo like, hey, you're as good as dead. I'll come back and bash your head in later, but I got to go chase after these footsteps. So they, they go around the corner, you know, one turning left, one turning right, because it's fucking mirrors, uh, mm-hmm. and to, to wind up in the same place, the House of the Tragic Poet, which is represented very, very accurately. Yeah. Uh, there's like two storefronts, and between them is this little vestibule, and at the foot of the vestibule is the famous mosaic, and if you hop the, the fucking velvet rope like a Bacchio does, you'll eventually get down to this big atrium, except... The, the one significant difference is that uh, uh, in all of the framing, the camera is high and pointed low. We're, we're looking at action on the floor. We're looking down yeah. at everything. What this means is they do not have to replicate or represent in any way the, the walls covered in frescoes that make this ruin so famous in the first place. Uh, there you go. <laughs> like this whole house is covered in incredible art of like ancient Greek myths and, and heroes which is why this place got named to be, oh yeah, probably some tragic poet lived here. That, that's what a tragic poet would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and we don't fucking see him. We just see the tiled floor of the atrium the whole time. Yeah, it's a shame. I understand why they did it, but it would have been cool to see. So yeah, Abakio is there and he spots the key. There's just a kind of ornate golden key with like a red jewel inset on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of tucked away in a crack on the floor. And very old-fashioned key, right? Like a long rod, and then there are teeth. Like, imagine a skeleton key sort of thing, but, you know, gold with a gem. I don't think this works a helicopter. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Pretty sure Narancia was wrong about that. (laughs) It'll it'll be like one of those, like, prototype, like, Da Vinci helicopters or whatever. That's... But wouldn't you know it, right alongside, uh, there is a small mirror propped up along the wall. Oh no, oh no, there's Aluzo in the mirror world. And the way Aluzo in the mirror approaches Abakio isn't like walking, he like sachets mm-hmm, towards mm-hmm. there, swaying his he's arms. He's gotta give a little monologue. You can't yeah. sachet while just walking like a normal person. <laughs> It ends with, quote, the die has been cast and your fate is sealed as we go yeah. into the OP, which is when Abakio kicks the mirror away just before he's grabbed from out of it. And he lunges at the key, levitating sideways in a fun way. <laughs> yes, yes. And all of his hair tentacles go woobly. <laughs> Abakio goes to leap to grab that key. Uh, and just as he's about to grab it, Mirror Man, uh, or excuse me, Man in the Mirror... <laughs> grabs Abakio by the arm in the mirror, and now you can see Abakio's real arm. That part that's being grabbed is mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. dissolved, that kind of like geo-glowy blue look, as certain parts of him are getting transported to the mirror world. 
It's really good. It's really good. While Eluzo just gloats because, oh, you thought breaking the mirror would hurt me? That that just every shard is its own doorway between our worlds. You've made me more powerful. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. And so Abakio is, is pulled in by the arm and then starts immediately choking out man in the mirror because that ain't Abakio. That's Moody Blues you got right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so it's good. Fucking- yeah, it's a it's a really good twist of just like how the fuck can a human be choking my stand out right now? <laughs> uh, maybe because it's a Bakio and he don't fuck around. Yeah, it would be so much better if it weren't Moody Blues. If they just broke the rules of stands to say, oh yeah, and also this one guy can just choke them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the reveal here of of this Abakio being pulled through is actually moody blues is like abakio lifts his head up and then you can see the the crystal display in his forehead and his pink ping pong ball eyes Uh (laughs) (laughs) so so in like this moment uh, of surprise and and like aha gotcha uh he he goes full smooth and purple back back to to basic moody blues ism to move freely under control and what he does is of course deliver a beatdown. uh, uh they, they, it's that yeah. that one good moment of actual fight choreography that every part five fight needs yes and it ends with moody blues stomping man in the man in the mirror's brains out on the floor <laughs> to the sound of dial tone noises <laughs> <laughs> yeah and Abakio has like way better control because he's just holding the the shard of glass so he can look and see what's going on in the mirror world, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. also in the mirror world just means the shard of glass is floating at head height right next to Moody Blues. And so Abakio's like floating reflection of his face is just always there accompanying his stand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like he's the stand and Moody Blues is the guy. Whoa. Yeah kind of were a second ago but they, hey there you go <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so so yeah abakio is apparently pretty good at street fights uh congratulations to him as as eluso is like hunched over kneeling like clutching at his stomach and he's like hey hey uh i bet you think you have the upper hand why do you think i'm bent over like this and abakio says oh uh so you can prevent your soft underbelly for swift kicking huh huh <laughs> And the answer is, of course, no, I'm hiding yet another shard, another window into your world from which I can pester you and shit. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And so with this little shard of glass, he just yanks Abakio's actual arm through. He starts explaining like, hey, it doesn't really matter like what shard you get pulled through. They're all different portals. But hey, what does it mean if like I grab you and start pulling you through this shard of glass, but only like halfway? And then I push your stand out that shard halfway. And now Labakio and Moody Blues are fused half and half lefty righty. Yeah, and it's very confusing and difficult for Abakio to control when he's half man, half sand now. <laughs> uh, and so he just kind of falls over. He, he's having difficulty moving. He's he's become one of the Star Trek racist aliens. Yes, he has. He's the left, white, uh, uh, right, black versus left, black, right, white. Oh, man, yeah, we're so yeah. different. But uh, yes, the allegory aliens. He's one of those. <laughs> And so as Abakio is having difficulty moving around on the ground, he's trying to reach for the key. Iluzo just comes by with a shard of glass and he just jams it into Abakio's mouth and uh-huh. then says like, hey, 
uh, with just the strength of a four-year-old, I could stab you in the mouth with this. I'm looking at my goddaughter very differently from now on. <laughs> now that I know she has the strength to kill me if she wanted. <laughs> yeah. Of, of course, Abakio is thinking to himself that the worst part of all this is proving Giorno right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Not that he'll die or get his mouth uh, shredded to bits by a shard of glass. Just that Giorno's right. So so Iluso has his his enemy in his power. He has like defeated two members of the Bruno Cruno, each of them all but dead. And that new guy, who the fuck cares about him? So it's time to get this key. Only the key's gone. Where'd the key go? Why is the key gone? Yeah. Uh this bit's wild. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> he Iluso grabs Avakio by the head, going like, Hey, where the fuck how'd you make that key disappear or how'd you hide it? And Abakio says, oh, I didn't fucking hide it. And you can see the half of the liquid crystal display that's on his forehead still is rewinding. At the same time, a bunch of blood starts pouring out of Abakio because he has cut his own hand off. He's cut his mirror hand off so that in the real world, that is Moody Blues' hand that's been cut off and is running backwards. It's uh, just undoing the walk Abakio took around the corner to get to the key. So so (laughs) the the dismembered Moody Blues hand is cradling this key floating down the street to to (laughs) drop the key at Giorno's feet back at the original mirror. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Luzo just goes, oh, shit. And he just runs off to go chase after a severed hand carrying a key as Abakio... Uh, just kind of tries to drag himself along the the ground. Yeah, but he's happy. Like, th- this is his victory. He's gloating that this is uh, uh, what happens if you go up against Abakio. He's going to fulfill his orders no matter what. Even at the cost of two lives, that key got retrieved. But then Iluzo, you know, is able to peek around the corner and see stuff Abakio isn't. And is like, you sure about that? Sure about mm-hmm. that, bro? I don't think you're going to be happy if you know what I know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so Giorno has the key, and instead of just running off and getting out of Dodge like a good soldier, like Abakia wants him to, he's just sitting there and looking at it, posed like a Renaissance statue. <laughs> <laughs> yes! What a pose he has struck to look at this key. Absolutely no attempt to leave danger whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Abakia's just like, ah, oh, shit. Giorno's gonna get killed. He's gonna get the key. So he starts screaming and screaming, and Eluso taunts him by saying, uh, you can scream until you're even more purple. He'll never hear you. <laughs> <laughs> and so he uses this shard of glass to grab Giorno and yank him through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as Giorno is yanked through, he's going to just, like, cut his throat with, with his stand. Uh, but before he can, Giorno's hand starts blistering and exploding, and a purple gas starts leaking out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got the haze virus. <laughs> Resident Evil 9, they, they got the haze virus now. Yeah. It, it, it keeps you from showing any uh, depiction of sexuality in, in Hollywood film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that summons our mid-episode title card. It is Purple Haze's turn. Nice to see you. You're very scary. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and we come back to yet another goddamn flashback, but we've seen this one before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's Abakio crawling a- across the ground thinking about you know his cop life and how mm-hmm. 
he already believes that he has died, and it's when his his partner got shot and, and killed. Yeah, he lost all of his emotions that day. His heart died. Yeah, sure. You you haven't been exhibiting any emotions this entire fight. Cool. Whatever. Whatever. It, whatever you say to yourself, buddy. All that was left in their place is a commitment to the will of powerful men. Yes. Just he'll do whatever they want. It's all. Give me yeah. orders, Bruno, Daddy. <laughs> While he's he's this stuff is flashing through his mind, uh, Iluso's hand has become infected with the virus that's leaking out of Giorno's hand. He's just like, so we're gonna die in thirty seconds. <laughs> we're just dying in thirty seconds, okay? And this is where we also see Fugo just talking about like, hey, so uh, Giorno just kind of saw that my virus just melts shit, and he decided he's gonna do that too. <laughs> Fugo seems very afraid of his own stand. Yeah, yeah. Which is a fun vibe. I like this. I like I like that idea. I mean, if anybody's going to be scared of their stand, it's this one, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so Eluzo is like, ah, 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 not going to catch me like that. I'm just going to leave the mirror world and, and leave the virus behind inside it. And I'm going to be fine. I'm going to quarantine myself in the cleansing light of day because, yes, sunlight disinfects the haze virus. <laughs> yes. The, the virus does not travel very far, and it dies very quickly. So this is the second time in one fight a stand user cuts off their own goddamn hand. Yes, he... he and the animation for this part is oh my pretty God. dope. Oh, hell yes. Yeah, he... The symptoms of the flesh-destroying virus are so advanced at this point, <laughs> just localized to his hand, that it comes off. The whole hand-flesh falls off of his hand bones yes lands in a squishy puddle on the pavement (laughs) yes like like the bit where all of his flesh and muscle and stuff on his hands gets teleported through the mirrors so that like it gets torn off but with like that glowy blue Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. look to it and then it's just this ultra detailed skeleton hand (laughs) (laughs) god it's it's cool as hell so now Fugo and Abakio are, are screaming at Giorno in the mirror world for being such a goddamn idiot. <laughs> how how are we supposed to... We're going to die in here. You killed us. You killed yourself first, but we are trapped in Mirrorland forever. And Giorno's like, don't, don't fucking sweat. Uh, we have a stand on the outside. And Fugo, why don't you just kick this guy's ass? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Fugo says, because I cannot see him. I don't know where to find him. It's like, don't, no, no, bro, bro, bro. It's cool. It's cool. I made a snake. <laughs> he, so Golden, Golden Experience is still out in the real world, too. This and boy and his snakes. Yeah. So he made a snake out of a brick. And so this snake is slithering around and it's not fully a snake. The no. whole midsection of the snake is still a brick. However, in Mirror World, I, I guess the reason the snake is still half brick is so that in Mirror World, it's just a brick. And you see the brick part sliding along the road as the snake is... All of the snakes he makes are incredibly hungry. Some some are hungry enough to eat bread. Some are hungry enough to swallow a man 40 times their size. This is not a man-eating size snake. <laughs> 
but it's gonna try. It's gonna use its fucking infrared locator snake pit on its, on its face to to go yeah. find him. So they just follow the brick and mirror world for for Fugo to fucking mind meld with with purple haze from across the dimensional barrier to destroy Eluso <laughs> through snake power. <laughs> it's so. So, Eluzo's just sitting there, like, saying, I'm like, I fucking won. I got the resolve to fucking rip off my own diseased death hand. Yeah. And there's just geysers and geysers of blood just pouring out of his, his severed. This dude is all about resolve, especially lately. In, like, the, the third act of this fight, when things are coming to a head, he won't shut up about how, you know, his his secret is a powerful will to do anything, whatever it takes. <laughs> As he's saying all this stuff, he just sees this brick snake slither up to him, and he just kind of sits there dumbstruck because he doesn't know why there's a brick snake here. Hey, hey, snake, can you hurry up? Jorno is melting real bad. Mm-hmm. Please, snake, hurry. And then the instant uh, he sees the brick snake, Purple Haze is there and just grabs him by the throat. Yes, yes. Uh, has him pinned to a wall, hoisted by the throat, winding up for a big, nasty punch. But, wouldn't you know it, there's a very convenient mirror shard on a tiny ledge, and, and Eluzo's like, yes, I'm saved. If I, if I can just block this one big punch, then I, I can set up a counterattack, and, and everything's coming up Eluzo. So, so Man in the Mirror does grab the fist before it destroys all of the bones in his head. <laughs> but the momentum, the momentum from this punch jostles loose one of the knuckle capsules which then flies forward and breaks apart on the wall right next to Eluzo's face, and he gets just a, a mouthful of super virus that, <laughs> that turns him into disgusting pudding. Yeah, so uh, the animation goes real wild again for a brief second as Purple Haze just beats the ever-loving shit out of this dude as he's already, like, melting. Is kind of like that guy who's melting for the toxic waste in RoboCop <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> So he gets his shit beaten in, he's blistering and melting all over the place, and then once the, the punches are done, he just kind of slides down against the wall, down to the ground, and then he just melts into a puddle, basically. We've never had a, a punch flurry <laughs> this monstrous. Like, yes! Purple Haze is far more terrifying than than uh, any of our other punch rushers, you know, the world, Star Platinum, any of them. They they got down to business and it looked painful, but but Purple Haze hates you the whole time. Yeah, the punch rush like feels really brutal and like savage. The anger and the animation of those punches, man. So upon his death. Uh, the the mirror world is is also dead, and everyone gets zapped back into reality. You know, uh, Fugo's watch is on the proper wrist and is now readable. Uh, the the writing on the trash can now says "trash can forward" instead of "backward." Mm-hmm. But Jorno's still fucking dying, though. <laughs> Fugo's just like, "Yeah, we're back to the real world." Oh shit, Fugo or uh, Jorno, you're dying, and Jorno's just sitting there like normal, not worried at all. But he's got a stinky hand. <laughs> His hand has got a, a stink stink smoke coming out of it. It looks real bad, but he's still not worried because he has a plan for this. Because as you know, oh my he made fucking a snake. God. He made a snake. <laughs> he made a snake. And, and he can't just 
say what's happening. He has to lead Fugo down the path of logic. Like, this is, again, <laughs> the longest 30 seconds in the history of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and that is saying something. Yeah. He's like, hey, didn't you notice that even with all the virus that, that happened, that snake didn't succumb to it and die? And Fugo's <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, because he was born in a cloud of virus. He must have developed a natural immunity because that's how fucking evolution works, I guess. <laughs> oh, this part is so ridiculous. He's a lawyer. He's not an immunologist, okay? Yeah. Frankly, neither is Jorno, which is the only reason this works. So, so yes. Yep. They figure... That because of Jorno's forethought and planning, he made a snake that not only is a, a assassin finder, is also <laughs> a, a, an antiviral serum incubator. <laughs> and so Jorno shouts, gold experience, extract the antiviral serum from the snake and inject it into my body. <laughs> so golden experience just jabs the snake, gets some blood uh, on its finger, and then just jabs Jorno in the heart. This glowing golden touch of snake blood venom serum. <laughs> and so Jorno's just writhing in pain on the ground, uh, experiencing this wonderful uh, magic snake serum. The, the side effects seem worse than the actual virus, aside from the instant death. Uh, uh, every, yeah. <laughs> everything else, though. Fugo, seeing Jorno roll around on the ground in pain, is like, whoa. I can respect this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically all it is. Like, uh, he has an authenticity you can't put into words. Yes. It's the next development from a sensuality you wouldn't expect from a man is an authenticity you can't put into words. <laughs> like, while Fugo's just in awe of this, Jorno eventually goes like, hey, we got to go find uh, Abakio's hand. So we could reattach it before it's too late. <laughs> and Abakio is just like, you know, 50 steps away from them, like around a corner of the building. Bleeding like, like a faucet. Yeah. And he's just like, God, Giorno is a bastard. And then he just like passes out. <laughs> Quote, for now, I guess your ass kicking can wait. Yes. However, when I typed out this note, autocorrect got to me. I must have... It says ass licking in my notes. That's not what Abakio <laughs> says, but that's what I wrote down that he said, even though I know that's not correct. You know, I'm sure many people have already written about it, so. For now, your ass licking cannot wait. Get over here. I hate you so <laughs> right much. <now>. This is how we haze each other in this gang. <laughs> <sighs> uh, so the, the narrator, clearly still grumpy from having his line stolen by Fugo at the, at the top of this week, uh, comes in with the most useless summation. Like, <laughs> yeah, we don't need you to say this. Quote, in the end, the team got their key. Yeah, fine, nice, cool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and yeah, they're, they're driving off to, to get, hopefully, some immediate medical attention for Abakio mm -hmm. as, as the credits come. But that's not the end. Mm-hmm. The very rare post-credit scene has arrived yet again, and there, there's a train station, and at that train station is the Hamburglar. Yes. And the Hamburglar approaches a dead gunman in a pool of, I assume, his own blood, and takes a small, script of, a, a small scrap, like the corner of a burned piece of paper, 
and then smirks about it. <laughs> Can't wait to learn more about the Hamburglar and <laughs> oh yeah, who, who is actual canon in JoJo's. Speaking of, speaking mm-hmm. of, okay, I did a little bit of outside research that I probably should have done a while back. Yeah. Sierra Mist was introduced to the market in 1999. Okay. So if they're so tight with the Pepsi people, you can just have Pepsi-ass Pepsi. Why mm. not replace all the Sprite with Sierra Mist? Oh, man. And then the adaptation can have a more accurate 2001 than Araki could have when he was writing this. And I think we're now in late 96. Yeah. Much like Josuke's Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Also, also Sierra Miss sounds like it could be the name of a stand. <laughs> it sounds like the localization of a stand called Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that is the end of the two episodes for today's episode. Next episode we record, we'll be having a guest on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to go over this this first chunk of Golden Wind. Which is really just about assembling the team. Now that we're exactly a third of the way through, we've had time. We've had special spotlight time on each member of, of uh, the Bruno team. And mm-hmm. a flashback about all of them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mistas didn't tell us how he fucking met Bruno, though. It's just like, bullets can't hit me. Ha ha ha. I am the greatest of the hoodlums. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They should have just drawn Bruno way in the background, just watching him dodge bullets and go like, hmm, yeah, that's a good guy to have in my team. (laughs) But I think it's interesting that, like, Fugo was first. I'm curious what order the rest of them came in, though, because in none of the other flashbacks, unless we're supposed to believe that um, Narancia was second, and that's why we didn't see the others, we don't see anyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, When Bruno recruited Abakio, he didn't roll up with Mista in tow or anything. He was just solo. Right, yeah. Which does not help me establish a timeline. (laughs) Yeah, I think think part five's approach to, like, introducing the the main cast is interesting in how they, they have, like, a fight centered around each of them, essentially, for the most part, doing their own solo fight, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except for the cases of Abakio and Fugo. I think that's cool, but it also takes a long time when your cast is six people. Yeah, yeah, and we're in a mode where a fight can't just be an episode. There's there's yeah. no one-episode fights anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's at least one and a half. It does take quite a while. I still kind of like the approach, but I'm also trying to imagine, like, out of all the parts, I feel like part five is most similar to Stardust Crusaders. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. where it's just like they got a journey to figure out how to find out where this guy they want to kill is. I'm I'm dipping into notes I set aside to talk with our guest, so uh, please excuse me for repeating myself a week from now. But mm. Golden Wind is very much Stardust Crusaders by the author of Diamond is Unbreakable. Yeah. It's it's really taking those those lessons, that development, and, and folding them back into part three. By the way, I feel like Illuso feels... A lot more like a part three stand user. Kinda. A lot of these guys they're fighting do. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny going from part four to five because part five is so much more violent <laughs> than four is. Absolutely. And we haven't even gotten to the most violent stuff of part five yet. I like, mean, the Hitman team's flashback was severely violent. That was very violent. Because a lot of the violence in in part five isn't even just like, well, a guy 
got his hand cut off and he's bleeding everywhere. There's a lot of stuff that's like a lot more body horror based, especially in later fights. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. mean, again, the, the Hitman team flashback where the guy was in t- got turned into an art exhibit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just like taking examples from this fight, there's the very visceral, you can imagine this happening. And if you do, you'll be horrified of like a broken shard of glass shoved in your mouth. Yeah. And the over-the-top uh, uh, nightmare-style violence that could never happen to anybody, but just looking at it, it's like, holy shit, that's fucked up, of <laughs> the dude's hand melting off and revealing the bones within. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen all part six. The The next chunk of episodes got extremely delayed to fall of 2022. So I don't know how crazy violent part six could get. But for now, at least, part five is definitely the most violent part of JoJo's <laughs> that I know of. They are all hardened criminals. It's true, yeah. When it's criminals, you gotta you gotta up the violence quotient. I guess I'll save the rest of this for when we're we're talking about the entire first third. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wish there was more Trish. Yeah, I, I, I want to yeah. meet Trish. You eventually get to actually meet her. It just takes a while. I, I want to find out if she just like got a swirly and some Pepto Bismol. <laughs> yeah, or if she's actually bald and she just had her head dunked in a, a cotton candy machine, and that's why her mm-hmm. hair looks like that, all swirly. Yeah, I want to know what's going on. <laughs> I'm really curious now if anyone has been able to replicate her hair in cosplay. Anybody who can do Giorno's hair can do her hair because they are the I same guess so. hair. Yeah, it's instead of three donuts, it's just one big donut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. No, yeah, people are doing it. Probably not with their own hair. This is definitely wig styling. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely wigs. Ooh, you can literally buy her a wig of Trish from wigstylesupplier.com. Hmm. Wow, okay. Well, if Good Smile doesn't sponsor us, wigstore.com can. (laughs) Yeah. I guess that's all I got until next week. All right, then. We will see you then. To be continued. Later. Later.